the Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well-designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K, unreasonably good. Welcome to your Vibrant Life Podcast. My name is Haley, and my mission is to help busy, burnt-out individuals increase their energy naturally and discover how good their bodies are designed to feel. If you're struggling with digestion, body image, or fatigue, you're in the right place. On this podcast, I will be providing you with the simple and effective strategies that me and my clients use to feel vibrant every day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's get into today's episode. All right, friends, welcome back to your Vibrant Life podcast. I actually have kind of a funny story to start this podcast off before we dive into it. And I do have a guest who's joining me on today's episode, but I'm going to do a little bit of a backstory before I introduce this guest because I had a good laugh after we figured out how we knew each other. So this individual and I have been in the same business coaching program for a while now, and I actually went to Kamloops to watch my business mentor's bodybuilding show for BC Cup. And one of the competitors in the show is the guest that we have on today's podcast. And I remember making eye contact with this individual after the show. Oh my goodness, I feel like I know this person from somewhere, but I, I didn't really put like one plus one equals two together and you know got busy and didn't think a lot much past that. And then ended up in Vancouver the following week and ended up training at the same gym because obviously this individual is in the same community as I am. And so we started talking and I was talking about the event that I was running for my clients and how this lodge that I had planned and scheduled for all the clients had just sadly burnt to the ground. And now I was looking for a new venue. And so this individual goes, oh my goodness, that's my hometown. It's like, no way, that's also very close to my hometown. And we figured out that we actually graduated from the same high school. So welcome, Luke Hodges, to your Vibrant Life podcast. Super happy to have you here. Super happy to freaking be here. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, I love that. So Luke and I actually graduated, well, not from the same year. He's a year older than my younger brother. So that you guys probably don't know, I have an older sister and a younger brother. I'm the middle child, but Luke was a year older than my brother. And yeah, I just, I knew the eyes. I mean, when I made eye contact, I feel like I know this person from somewhere. So anyways, we've been chatting and Luke has an incredibly cool story to share a very powerful and very inspirational story. So I'm going to let him do most of the talking today. Um, So why don't you just start off, Luke, with telling us a little bit about who you are, where you're from. And I also would love to hear a bit about your experience of your first bodybuilding show. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, first of all, like, thanks for having me here, obviously. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of ironic how it's how it happened. It was like, exactly made eye contact. And I was like, you know, I know her from somewhere. I don't know her name right now. But she's at the show and I've seen that face, but I can't, I could, like, couldn't put two and two together. And then when uh, you were down in Vancouver and that, and I saw you, I was like, okay, now we've put the pieces together. I know your brother. I know you. I've seen you before. So it's kind of sweet. But uh, yeah, so my name's Luke. I've been in the fitness industry for around 10 to 11 years now, not personal trainer or anything, but I've been in the industry for about that. 
for myself. Grew up in a small town called Scotch Creek. I'm out in the Shushwap. I moved down to Vancouver. I believe it was eight years ago. So that would have been, wow, 2014 already. And yeah, so that's where I'm at. I got my HVAC Red Seal ticket for duration and decided, you know what, this isn't for me. I'm miserable. Not really working a nine to five. I was working like a 4 a.m. to 4 a.m. shift sometimes, just straight 24 hours, sometimes 36. And I was like, oh my you know gosh, what? that's crazy. I was like, this is not the lifestyle I want to live. So then I just transitioned over into personal training, did in person training for about a year, and then transitioned to online coaching so I could have more freedom for my life, work the schedule that I want, and still impact and change as many lives as I possibly can. Cool. I love that so much. So before, before you got into fitness and you were working, with your red seal there, like, were you going to the gym pretty actively? Like, were you an athlete before? So maybe give us some background on how you got into fitness. Yeah. So me, like I was always like a, a very small kid growing up, like always shorter, skinnier metabolism was fast, chewed through food, like nothing. And like me, I was like an athlete. So me growing up, I played golf, I played baseball, I play hockey, all the above. If I could get into any sport that I could, it was just like, I was naturally talented in some sense, worked mm-hmm. hard, obviously, but it always just came so easy to me. Whereas it was like, you could teach me something in a book or at school and it would take me a few repetitions to understand it. Whereas in like, say something at hockey and they show me there, it's like within a split second, I picked it up. So I've always been an athlete growing up, never really hit the gym, never really thought about it. Didn't really enjoy it, to be honest with you. And then I actually like, I hit a spot in my life, which is a story that I've shared with you, Hales about how I actually got into the fitness industry and why. So I started going in the weight room just, which was 2011, based off of the fact of, I already came down with something of that put me into a coma for three months. So I got an autoimmune disease that's called henoch Shanline purpura. And yeah, I know that's long, but essentially it was like, it started off as I went to a party, woke up the next morning, not feeling well, thinking, okay, so this is just a hangover, totally fine, totally normal. And then I look at my skin and like, I have these like spots all over my skin and I was like, okay, well, that's weird. What's that? And so me, like growing up, I was always kind of more on the insecure side, always trying to fit in with everybody, trying to fit in with the cool crowd, all that. And so then I went to the doctor and be like, okay, what's going on here? And they diagnosed me with scabies. And if anyone doesn't know what scabies are, it's essentially it's lice on the skin and it, it's extremely contagious. So now me, I got to go tell the whole party that was there that now I have scabies which was one of the hardest things I had ever had to do. And so they medicated me for that. I woke up the next morning and I had a rash from not kidding head to toe. It was about three inches thick and it, it was just reacted. And they just kept saying it was scabies, kept saying it was scabies, kept giving me medication over and over and over. And essentially that's what triggered it even worse was the medication itself. I actually became allergic to, which then in turn, it attacked my insides. So what was on the outside was actually on the inside of me now as well, which was attacking my heart, pancreas, lungs, and liver. And then I just, three months later, woke up in a hospital. I don't remember a thing. I just remember looking around, parents crying, loved ones coming around crying. And it was one of those things where it was very eye-opening to understand that like life can end in a split second. Whereas in like, I don't remember going to sleep. I don't remember ever feeling any type of way. So when I woke up, I woke up in the hospital of 61 pounds. So essentially I'm sitting at like 0.1 to 0.2% muscle mass on me, essentially skin and bones at this point. And so when I got to that, 
it was now a rehab process. And obviously rehab, it sucked. I didn't want anything to do with it. Painful, trying to gain muscle back, but it was going to take resilience. It was going to take a lot of strength to actually get back on my feet because I could, I could walk to a certain degree, but it hurt. Because one of the symptoms that everyone or the people that get this autoimmune disease is arthritis throughout the whole body. So like even when I get the common cold and people call it the man cold, well, that's kind of like what I get. So I could wake up with a cold and just roll over my whole body cracks. And it's like excruciating pain. So when I was going through the rehab process, like I had the arthritis at the time. So every, every movement I'm doing, like, even if I was trying to run and stuff like that for like the first year and a bit, it was just pop, pop, pop everywhere I was going. And so essentially that's how I got into the fitness industry was just like rehab on myself. And I don't want to see anybody go through what I had to go through. I don't want anyone's, my family had to go through watching me in a hospital bed. And I just gained a huge passion and drive for the health and fitness industry, just based off of my own experience. That is so powerful. And it's, you know, it's a very, very inspiring story. And you, you tell it in a way that makes it sound almost casual, but, you know, for the friends and family around you who, you know, experience that, and even for yourself, you know, coming out of that being 61 pounds, how tall are you? Six feet. At the time I was like five foot seven. So essentially six feet tall, you guys, and 61 pounds. Now, what was your actually question for you? Like, what was your, where do you sit normally? And then what was your stage weight as well? So before I decided to do the bodybuilding competition, I was sitting at 198. Okay. And then when I'm, my stage weight was about 167. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So yeah. So incredibly inspiring. And honestly, before I started talking to Luke, I'd never heard of this autoimmune condition in my life. And I've worked with quite a few different clients who have various autoimmune conditions. A lot of people kind of come to me for more of the inflammation. So things like rheumatoid arthritis, and then a lot of times I get people with Crohn's and colitis who are looking for help with their diet as well. But I'd never heard of, I'm not even going to try and, and pronounce it, but <laughs> so very inspiring, very unique, and obviously not well handled by the medical system, but now coming out of that and just learning how to take care of yourself from the inside out, learning how to feed your body properly, learning how to train properly. So I mean, I'm curious to know, like going from, you know, the experience that you went through going through, you know, three months in a coma, rehabbing from 61 pounds up to 198 pounds, what made you decide to do a bodybuilding show? Because I think all of us know that shows can be pretty hard on your body and on your hormones. So did you feel that that was a safe path for you? And even if you didn't think it was safe, you know, what was the kind of, you know, determining factor or the, you know, the process behind making that decision. Yeah. So I think perfect answer to this is no, I knew exactly what I was getting into and no, I know it. I like 100% knew this was not a safe idea, Okay. but I was at a point where I was like, you know what? I only live this life once. Like I've thought about it for a couple of years and you know what? I'm trying to thrive towards stuff that scares the crap out. Cool. And you, I mean, you do pretty regular blood work with your doctors and stuff because of the autoimmune condition. And so as you were going through your first show, obviously being careful with that kind of stuff, how was your experience? Like, how did you find the prep and how did you find the show itself? Me myself, I actually found the prep not too terrible. I started like a six month prep. So it's not like I had to jump down from like 12 weeks or eight weeks and cut really hard. Mm -hmm. If I took that route, I don't even know where my body would be at. So I just knew moving forward, I had to do a longer prep. It wasn't even by choice. I would have to do it or else my body would probably physically shut down. 
So like going through all the blood, blood tests. So I go blood tests once a month with my doctors and like my levels were all over the place. There was times where my doctor was like, you probably shouldn't be doing this anymore. Just based off of like my diet, of course, like me, I'm sitting around like 4,000 calories is my maintenance calories. So at my lowest that I got to was about 1,720, I think. So if you put that in the perspective of 1,720 calories, my body actually wasn't agreeing with it too much. But obviously staying on top of my vitamins, staying on top of my micronutrients, it helped a lot. But I didn't really find it like too bad of an experience. Like I know I have talked to people in the past about prep and they said it was probably one of the worst experiences ever just based off of their like starving themselves. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, you've never also had to rehab from 61 pounds. So not the worst experience of my life, <laughs> mild well, in comparison. Well, that's kind of what I was going through. Like there was times that was mentally <laughs> tough where I'm going, God, I could really crush a pizza right now. But yeah, um... <laughs> yeah, of course we all, yeah, of course. You I mean, when you're in that state, like I've talked about this in previous podcasts too, you know what you do when you're constantly depriving your body and how that's affecting your hormones. But I think mentally, you know, you can, you can override a lot of that Oh, yeah. To a certain extent, at least. Okay, cool. So now we understand, you know, why you got into bodybuilding and what got you more into fitness and not just sports, because obviously growing up, you were athletic, but there wasn't, you know, that focus on like physique and, you know, the actual like physical bodybuilding side of things, more so just looking for general athleticism. But you still play quite a lot of sports. I know I've been chatting to you, you play baseball and stuff still. Yeah, baseball, golf. Trying to get back into beer league hockey. Beer league hockey, yeah, okay. I'm a passion. <laughs> yeah, fine. I love it. Cool. Awesome. So I guess my question for you is who has your fitness journey required you to become? And this is maybe a bit of a deep question I'm throwing at you. So you can take a minute to think about it if you need to. And our listeners can just play a little tune in their head if they need to. You know what? I think I could actually just come up with that answer like right on the spot. My well, fitness journey has required me to be the person that the seven-year-old me always dreamt of being. Amazing. That's super cool. I love that. Okay. And my next question for you, again, maybe a little bit of a, a deeper question to dig into is how has the adversity you've gone through helped you in your career as a coach, not just as an individual, but, you know, as a coach, because I know for myself, obviously I didn't, I didn't spend three months in a coma, but I went through quite a lot of my own health struggles, you know, I, I was struggling a lot with body dysmorphia. I had, you know, multiple different eating disorders. I went through, you know, five years on antibiotics that really destroyed my gut, and also had a major concussion that impacted my thyroid. And so I know for myself that all of those things and all of the knowledge that I've had to acquire because of those things has absolutely, you know, given me an upper hand as a coach, because it's given me a platform, it's given me the ability to seek knowledge to be curious because, you know, finding the answers for yourself when it's really, you know, about your own survival is it really kind of strikes something different inside you to seek those answers and to find the truth. And, you know, you're not just Googling things, you know, you're really looking into the science and trying to understand what's going on so that you can help yourself. So I know for me as a coach that has, you know, people always say, well, you know, that sucks. That must've been really hard. I'm like, you know, I, I look back at that and I don't have a single ounce of regret or shame or guilt or anything towards it. I'm just, you know, really proud of how I am today. And I think that's all that matters. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing is kind of what you just kind of reinstated right there was personal experience, personal experience side of things. And being curious, as you said, has propelled me to want to 
not only be no more knowledgeable towards my body and what's going on with it for survival, but more so of like being able to relate to the pain points and the struggles through my clients and like what, who I consider family, because when they're sitting there, I've, I've actually had further discussions with clients where they go, you haven't been in my shoes before you haven't been overweight. And then I just have to gently remind them saying we all have our own story and we've all been to where we got to be. And no, I haven't been in your shoes. You haven't been in my shoes, but I have acquired the knowledge to help you because yeah. I don't want to see you be in the hospital bed like I was, whether it be for a different reason or not, that doesn't matter. That's beside the fact. I just don't want to see you unhealthy. So me, the, the knowledge that I've acquired will essentially be able to help them. And the more like what you said, like you've never heard of my autoimmune disease. Well, there's a lot of things I haven't heard about either, but when I hear about them, I get excited because I'm like, okay, time to go learn. This is going to be freaking pretty cool. Yeah. And I think it does like that curiosity that you have for yourself. Right. And that's really what it sparked because I remember like going to the doctors and I was like 19 or 20 and I'd been on antibiotics for four or five years at the time. And I had, you know, my guts were just wrecked and I was struggling a lot. You know, I was struggling. I felt anxious a lot. And this has a lot to do with gut health. And I knew there was something else going on. I was like, this isn't, you know, I don't feel right. And I went to the doctors and I was talking to them. And they were like, they tried to put me on antidepressants. They tried to put me on Prozac actually. I was 19. And that was, you know, a moment where I was like, no, like I'm not, I'm I'm 19. You know, like I'm still figuring out my life. I'm not necessarily depressed. You know, there's just something that's going on that's wrong with my body and I don't know what it is. And that, you know, struck me to be curious because I was like, well, if they're not going to provide me an answer, I'm going to find it. And so that curiosity is so important as a coach. And I think that curiosity also breeds and fuels confidence. And it's, we never, ever, ever get to the point where we know everything, but every time you become curious, it enables you to seek answers and to feel more confident in your knowledge. And so I think, you know, my favorite quality about myself is that I'm constantly curious and I kind of get that energy from you as well. You're constantly curious. And that allows you to definitely help people. Yeah. Always wondering, always curious, always wondering how I can help somebody in some certain way because we all have our own struggles. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. And if you could give our listeners like one piece of life advice, I love, love, love to give people like actionable value or advice in these podcasts that like they can put in their back pocket and take home with them. So if you could give them one piece of life advice. What would that be? Live each day like it is your last because yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not promised and present is fucking beautiful. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And yeah, being present, I think is a huge, huge one for so many people in this world that we miss out. We miss out on our lives because we're always worried about, you know, the next thing we're always looking for, you know, that next reward or the next step, the next level in our lives, or we're sitting there, you know, regretting or, you know, feeling ashamed or guilty for our past. And so here you hit that nail on the head, just being present to each day and waking up and practicing, feeling grateful for that. And I love that. I think that, you know, we feel like these emotions just come to us naturally, you know, like happiness and gratitude and excitement, but they don't. It's like what you practice, you get really fucking good at. And so if you practice feeling 
you know, sad, or you practice feeling anxious, or you practice feeling overwhelmed, or you practice feeling angry, guess what? You're going to feel that more often. Well, that's exactly, that's exactly it. Because like, I take my, I took my clients through this exercise and all of them were looking at me because I was on a zoom call with them and they're all looking at me like, Luke, like get to the point, like what's going on here. I told them all just like, put your hand in front of your face because it was kind of like a little bit of a tough love call. I was like, put your hand in front of their front of your face. So they're all sitting here like this and just like staring at their hand. I was like, okay, now blow on your hand. And there, so they blow on their hand. And I was like, okay, does anybody want to know what this exercise is about? They were kind of like, well, they all gave their insight of what it was. I said, okay, so I want you to do it one more time. Put your hand in front of your face and blow on it. So they did it. I was like, look, you're breathing. That's all that matters. Yeah, there you go. Truly all that matters. And coming from a place like the place that you did and the adversity that you went through and waking up and, you know, there's a possibility that you might not have woken up, you know, and that's the possibility that probably a lot of people around you were, you know, hoping that didn't happen, but it is, it was a possibility. Right. And so knowing that each day that you wake up, that's just enough to be grateful for can be really, really powerful. And I think a lot of us just overlook that. And it takes talking to someone like yourself to, to help us dig a little bit deeper, you know, to help us, you know, push past that surface level of, I want, I want, I want, and Mm -hmm. to just look for that internal sense of, you know, I'm here. And, you know, I love, I know I've shared a couple of Brooke Castillo's podcasts with you and I love her podcast. And she, you know, talks about all of us have this, you know, unlimited, and I know your business is called untapped potential, but she talks about, you know, our like limitless potential and that you are enough as you are. We all are. And we all have goodness. Every single person has goodness. Every single person is enough. It's just up to you to start believing that and to start practicing that. And I think that, you know, just saying this presence thing, like be present and and live each day as it's your last. I wouldn't even go as far to say your last is just live each day. You know, it's like, just live each day and be here for it. And that sense of presence, it doesn't mean that you can't be excited for the future. It doesn't mean that you can't be proud of yourself for what you've gone through. It just means show up today with intention. And I think a lot of us miss out on that. And that's one thing that I definitely have, you know, adopted throughout my own practices, you know, thousand thousand hours of yoga teacher training to definitely drill into your head to be, to be present. Yeah. That's one thing I've definitely learned a few times. But yeah, cool. Well, this has, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. I want to be respectful of your time. Where can our listeners find you on the social medias? Yeah, thanks again for having me, Hales. Absolutely. My, so my social media platforms, I have Instagram, which is Hodges91Fit, TikTok's Hodges91Fit, and then my Facebook's just Luke Hodges. Perfect. And Hodges, you guys, is H-O-D-G-E-S. Cool. Amazing, Luke. Thank you so much for being here. And to the rest of you guys who are listening, thank you so much for showing up today. Peace, love, and personal growth. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to Your Vibrant Life Podcast. I had so much fun and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to catch your weekly dose of health and wellness. If you found value in this episode, the number one thing you can do to support the show is to share this episode with someone who could benefit or leave a review. If you'd like to find out more about the online programs and services available at Health Pillars, go to healthpillars.ca and click Let's Work Together to fill out an application. I'd love to help you create your vibrant life.
The Samsung Neo QLED 8K TV featuring incredible color volume with 8K AI upscaling powered by 20 neural networks on an impossibly slim screen is the kind of TV that's so visually astounding, so unfathomably well-designed, it has to be seen to be believed. Don't believe me? Well, okay then. Radio has its limits. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good.